0: The first Sunday of the NFL season is here and the excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Bet just $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $200 in free bets instantly no matter what. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and, and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. This week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customer zone. Restrictions apply. See DraftKing.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlanski and joining me now is, as always, Nick Horwat here on the other side of this StreamYard stream. I was about to say Zoom stream, but it's not Zoom. And we finally have kind of a full slate of news. That's just the joys of being back in the month of September on the NHL schedule. We have the NHL officially heading back to the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. So we'll talk about that. And then a little bit later in the show, we'll also talk about a couple signings for the Pittsburgh Penguins in the past week. They made three in total, and we'll talk about each and every one of them. But before we get to it, Horwat NHL players are back at the Olympics. How excited are you to watch all of these basically dream team rosters get set for 2022?
0: They are the closest things we are going to get to dream teams. It's For once, America looks to have a very good hockey team. Um, Canada will be stacked as ever, obviously. (laughs) But um, I think beyond that, some different countries have fighting chances this year, it seems. Finland is very deep Mm -hmm. uh, offensively, whereas Sweden um, has a deep defense, but it's questionable at times. I think it's just going to be entertaining no matter what because it is finally once again the best of the best, um, you know, representing their countries. It's I didn't realize it was only the sixth time that this has ever happened mm-hmm. that they've made the Olympics. I don't know why I figured it was more. Maybe just because uh, the Olympics are so sort of storied and Lemieux only has one gold medal. Didn't realize that. I did a little bit of research on penguins history in the olympics yesterday because i was bored at work and man this could be a fun olympics for the for some penguin players this year Mm -hmm. sorry in 2022 much like the 98 olympics had eight penguins on on the respective
1: teams that's a lot one of them was robert lang you're welcome Mm -hmm. (laughs) we'll get into the list of penguins that have a chance at going to beijing but if you look at What's going to happen and what that tournament's going to look like? We saw kind of shades of it in 2016 with the World Cup of Hockey, but mm-hmm. there's also still more to this. One, because it's the Olympics, and two, because there's not going to be a Team North America. We all remember how <laughs> fun it was watching Team North America and their absolutely insanely cool jerseys, and how good that specific team was with all young players. Well, those players now are going to join team Canada who won that world cup gold medal. And most of those players are going to end up being on the same team. Cause I believe the majority of those players on team North America were Canadian. Obviously you have Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel. Those guys are going to be playing for team USA. Well, at least Jack Eichel will, if he is healthy at that point, <laughs> but we're going to see a best on best tournament, international tournament for the first time since basically 2014
0: in 2014 it's not that it was a bad olympics but it kind of gets forgotten about
1: mm-hmm.
0: um in hockey terms but i think because it was you know the first olympics after crosby's golden goal and united states versus canada in that game whereas the 2014 olympics i mean what russia didn't medal the united states didn't medal it was canada winning gold sweden winning silver and Finland. Uh, I, I believe I, I would guess my guess would be finland for bronze mm-hmm. i think they beat russia yes um because Russia, I remember, finished fourth sure. because the United States was, like, sixth. I think it was not a good Olympics.
1: Yeah, the biggest memory for the United States in that Olympics was the TJ Shoshi moment in the, yeah. the shootout against Russia, who, again, didn't finish very well. But, yeah, I mean, I sh- beating a team in their home country still, that was huge for That's the United States. Yeah. But that was about the only thing for the United States in that tournament.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, it's not, and again, like I said, it's not that that gets forgotten about. I think it always sticks out in my mind as the Olympics that Chris Kuhn has made. Mm-hmm rightfully or wrongfully so however you want to look at it yeah but hey it's it was still an olympics but it does get overshadowed by what we have talked at on this podcast and old episodes before At nauseum was with the uh 2010 olympics crosby's golden goal winning it for canada over team usa in vancouver so um maybe there'll be some more highlight real things like that because you mentioned the world cup i think Every time I think of the World Cup, I do think of Team North America, but more specifically, just how cool it was being there. I think me and you went to some of those games. Uh, Seeing Crosby against Malkin in person was a ton of fun. Uh, Remember, Matt Murray was the goalie for Team North America? (laughs) Yeah, he was. You you think he's got a shot at Team Canada this year? Not a Uh, chance. Not a chance. Um, But also, uh, Team North America, the one thing that always sticks out to me is that Three on three overtime against Sweden. Mm -hmm. Against Sweden. I was watching with our buddy James, who is not an outwardly hockey fan, outwardly a hockey fan. He's also from Philadelphia, so uh, there you go, fans. (laughs) But he's not a big hockey fan, but even he was watching that. He saw Nathan McKinnon score that beauty of a goal, and even he went back and said, Damn, what was that? (laughs) I'll never forget that. So this year should be a ton of fun mm-hmm. I think because the pros will be back because it'll be kind of a not a reunion but it's the first time back in you know eight years I guess so the skill will be there for sure too because it'll be all the old guards that are still very skilled like Crosby and Malkin mm-hmm. but also these new guys like McDavid uh, I'm forgetting names now Nathan McKinnon and it's just going to be so entertaining beginning to end
1: yeah, there's a kind of a last chance feel for some of these older players. You would imagine, I mean, maybe Crosby plays if the Olympics happen in 2026, whereas the NHL participates in them. Crosby might still be there. Malkin and Ovechkin probably still going to be playing for Team Russia, I would imagine, just because they're legacy players. But some and of Russia these...
0: likes adding yeah. those old players, dude. That was because yeah. I'm sure we'll get into it when we discuss the players. I have some opinions on Malkin in this, but. Mm-hmm. Russia likes putting in their role players.
1: Yeah, so let's, let's talk about some of the participation as far as the Pittsburgh Penguins are concerned. Obviously, we found out earlier that head coach Mike Sullivan will be the head coach of Team USA, but once we actually got the news that the NHL will be participating, we also received news that Penguins assistant coach Todd Reardon will be joining him in Beijing to help coach Team USA. Other assistants include John Hines, who is a former Pittsburgh Penguins organization product, David Quinn, who is the former head coach of the New York Rangers and Ryan Miller, somebody who is pretty familiar with the Olympics. So a pretty decent coaching staff, maybe not as headline grabbing as team Canada's coaching staff, but I think that's going to be a good coaching staff. And they're going to set up a really good roster because they're going to have a lot of Fun tools to play with in the United States. Austin Matthews in an international tournament for Team USA. Obviously, a guy like Connor Helyabuck, possibly as your starting goaltender, or John Gibson, who is a Pittsburgh product. So it should be fun to watch regardless. Now let's get into the players that the Penguins should expect to have playing. Canada, Sidney Crosby, the question is not whether or not he's going to make the team. The question is going to be, is he going to be the captain, or is Connor McDavid going to be the captain?
0: I think in this situation, nothing against Connor McDavid, but the Olympics are a different animal and a different beast when it comes to who is your veteran and how you handle them. I think you give it to Crosby because he's been around longer. This would be his third. Uh, And again, nothing against McDavid's leadership, but I think Crosby's leadership is always talked about as he's one of the top guys and not not just on his team in terms of skill, but also leadership. And that goes for the league as well. He's always discussed as being one of the better captains in the league um, for more than just his play. So I think it would go to him. I think the real question is where is he playing the lineup? Mm-hmm. I think that's the bigger question here, because in all honesty, captaincy, not that it doesn't matter, it is important, but that's not how we're gonna be looking at Team Canada this year. It is where is a guy like Crosby playing in this lineup? Does he move to a wing and play with? someone like mcdavid or is he a second line center behind mcdavid is he a first with mcdavid as second where does nathan mckinnon slide into all of this there's Mm -hmm. a ton of positional questions that need to be answered um before we decide who we're slapping a c on that i am ironically wearing sorry (laughs) i was wearing my deck hockey shirt today for work so there you go um and not only that who's crosby like i said who's crosby gonna play with are they Mm -hmm. bringing Marshand and Bergeron. Bergeron back, even mm-hmm. though I think they shouldn't. I think this team is too stacked to have those guys in it. Nothing against them, but ah. at least Marchand does not have to be in it. Ber- if you want Bergeron for the defensive centerman, defensive centerman, sure, go for it. Um, and this is and that's not me saying being biased and just not liking them, but <laughs> I just think there's so much talent in Team Canada right now that younger, faster legs might be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the bigger questions really are. Where does he play rather than the captaincy? I think it's fun to see him, you know, be a captain again, but I want to see who he plays with and where.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, a lot of the mock rosters for Team Canada that I've seen have had him at second line center between Marchand and Bergeron because that is a line that Team Canada has used. And that is a line that is still going to be lethal if played together. But I think there is something to be said about possibly having Sidney Crosby play alongside one of his best friends in Nathan McKinnon. And I think those two together would be electric. And I didn't even entertain the idea of Crosby and McDavid on the same line. Imagine those two on a power play. That's just absolutely ridiculous. And that's part of the fun of this Olympics. So it's going to be great to see those guys. And the only other player for Team Canada that the Pittsburgh Penguins might have a shot at getting on there is possibly Chris Letang. But again, that's very, to me, he would have to perform extremely well in the first half of the regular season, just because of how stacked that team is on the blue line and at the forward core. But I, there's still a chance. I think that Chris Letang makes this roster. Don't you?
0: It's very well possible. I'm pulling up the hockey writers, uh, uh, Canada predictions. Cause I mm. forgot who they had Crosby with. They had him as the first line center with McKinnon on the right and Stamkos on the left. Oof. Also very fun. And then McDavid on the second with Shifley and Marner. So there's that. Uh, but as for the defensive core, I mean, Latang did not make it on the Hockey Writers 1, but he was the first name mentioned in the Just Missed Out section. Mm-hmm. So he's close. He still has the skill despite his age. But, I mean, just because of longevity and having been there before, they're pushing in a guy like Drew Doughty as a uh, as like a fourth pairing guy, mm-hmm. sort of like the first man in with Thomas Shabbat, because then you also look above that you know, Morgan Riley, Dougie Hamilton, two offensively minded defensemen. Sure. You need that in the Olympics because it is a skill game. Um, but does, oh, Shea Weber's listed on this. This is an old article I have up. So yeah. Shea Weber being here, that helps his chances a little bit, I guess, right mm-hmm. guys? So who knows? I think, I mean, Kale McCarr is a definite, which they mentioned. So Latang is on the bubble. That's for sure. But I think just the way these things go um, they like seeing guys that are younger, maybe with a little more foot speed, and have the experience there already. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I honestly believe that Crystal Tang should make it over Drew Dowdy any day, of but course. that that might be biased of me. But I just don't I don't see Drew Dowdy being somebody that needs to be highlighted on Team Canada. But again, you know, to each their own with those guys. Let's move over to Team Russia. Only one real player that's going to have an opportunity, and that is Evgeny Malkin. Pending the fact that he is healthy at that point, we expect him to be healthy by February. We hope he is healthy by Mm -hmm. February, but if he is healthy, there's going to be nothing in this world that is going to stop Evgeny Malkin from playing for team Russia. I mean that when I think of penguins players in history that have just embodied international hockey and desire to win an international play, Evgeny Malkin is one of that. And it just kind of tracks with a lot of the pride that Russians have playing for their country. So I, I would expect Malkin to be on that team if he is healthy. And honestly, I would love to see them medal and and probably silver medal because Evgeny Malkin has not had too much success with Team Russia since, you know, especially in the Olympics. So I'd like to see him get a little bit of success there.
0: Yeah, that would be really nice. And whenever I thought about Malkin and Team Russia, I thought at first I genuinely had the thought of he might miss. Because he's older, he has not played to the top of his game recently, and he's coming off of two injuries that um, may have declined his game a fair amount. But then I remembered, oh yeah, Russia might still put Ilya Kovalchuk on the top line.
1: Pavel Datsuk might still be on the same team.
0: Yeah, they're a fan of putting in their... 40 plus year old players despite how good or bad they might be and here's the thing they put them in there all the time and they still perform at the top of their game somehow some way um but if getting Malkin plus and I pulled the hockey writers article back up and they had Malkin listed as the top line center Russia's not deep center wise they're not Mm. it went Malkin Vladislav Nemesnikov Ivan Barbashev and Mikhail Gregorenko they're not deep at the center position. So I really pulled back on my thought of Malkin possibly not making it. Um, But he's got to be, he's got to get healthy and perform at a better level than um, he was last year to really be a contender in this because I think Russia's gotten upset with not winning internationally recently. Mm -hmm. I mean, what am I saying? They just won gold, but they didn't win with professionals. So I, I think with professionals going back, he's got to be at his top tier, and they, I, it's still possible he doesn't make it, but they like playing their older guys, so I think it's a, it's not 50-50 in my head, but it's um, it's a question mark, really. I mean, I believe he'll make it, I think he will, and I think he should, but there's still question marks surrounding Malkin in this situation, and it sucks, but that's just my opinion on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Two real quick additions would be Latvia, Teddy Bluger. Teddy Bluger was the captain for Team Latvia in the Olympic qualifiers last week. So yeah, Teddy Bluger probably going to be a representative at the 2022 Olympics. And then in Finland, Kasperi Kapanen is pretty much a lock to make that team. So we'll get to see Cappy as well. But let's move over to Team USA really quickly because we've taken a lot of time on Canada and Russia, and I feel like there's going to be a decent amount of time on Team USA.
0: You don't think Dom Simone's going to make it for
1: the Czech Republic? I mean, there is always an opportunity. I'm sure Jarmir Jager will be playing for the Czech Republic <laughs> at I mean, age, what, 50? So yeah. that'll be fun to
0: watch. I think um, I wrote an old story predict, uh, trying to predict rosters, and that was like a week after Dom Simone was doing – very well internationally for Mm -hmm. uh the Czech Republic so I think it's possible he's in the conversation but he he might just be in the conversation and no more no less he
1: needs to worry about making the Pittsburgh Penguins before he worries about making team Czech Republic
0: (laughs) that's fair but at the same time the Czech Republic is one of those countries that yeah they have great players but at the same time
1: the depth isn't always there it's
0: not a ton of depth and Mm. he just might slide in by sheer hey you're from here and play hockey so come on in (laughs) But anyway, Fair. yeah, Team USA.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think there's only one true lock for the Pittsburgh Penguins to make Team USA. And luckily, since we got the news that players are going to be going to the Olympics, it seems like everybody has agreed that Jake Gensel is probably a lock to make that roster. It would be his first Olympic appearance, obviously, because his first NHL season was in 2016-17. So... Gensel, in his first opportunity to play for Team USA at the Olympics, I think that's the only lock. I do think there's something to be said about Brian Rust having an opportunity because of how well he's played the last two seasons. And depending on how Mike Sullivan and Todd Reardon want to set up their team, Brian Dumlin might also be an option. I mean, Todd Reardon is a big Brian Dumlin guy. That might be a reason that he gets the nod. But there's also, as you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of really good players for Team USA, there's not going to be many Ryan Whitney additions to this <laughs> one. But I, I, I joke because Ryan Whitney was pretty good yeah. in 2010. But there's an opportunity, I think, for Brian Rust and Brian Doomlin, But Jake Gensel, to me, is the only definitive lock for Team USA.
0: Yeah, Gensel is definitely a lock. And it was a little worrisome at first because he wasn't making some, predict- some far-out prediction lineups when he mm-hmm. should have been. Um, but now that we've come around to it, it seems like he's going to be in. I think... Rust could filter in as a alternate alternate yeah mm-hmm. just because like, yeah team USA is deep offensively but I think he still has he's he, if he pops off at the beginning of the season absolutely I think there's a chance it's just a matter of when mm-hmm. um the team gets picked I think Rust's um chance gets increased be- and you mentioned it because of Mike Sullivan and Todd Reardon as the coaching staff. They see him every day. They see what he can do. Um, and, again, it's nothing against what they don't see in other guys, but you get it's a little more helpful when you can see him in person every you know game in and game out, and you can gauge how good of a player he really is. I don't think he'd crack the starting lineup unless some of these names get hurt, but I can't think of too many names he would be in over. Maybe JT yeah. Miller. Maybe. who I think I've seen in, but, in and out, but it would be a hard one. Um, and as for Brian Dumoulin, <laughs> I think I, Brian Dumoulin makes a ton of sense, but in this predicted lineup that I'm looking at, just Slavin's an alternate. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's you don't think of it, but America's got a hell of a deep defense. Mm-hmm. Zach Wierenski, yeah, Seth Jones might be a little overrated and overpaid, but he's going to make the team just because of namesake. Um, but then there was the immersion of Adam Fox, John Carlson may have slipped, but I think he still might make it just because of namesake again. Um, Krug's still pretty good. You would have to shoehorn Dumoulin in if he makes it just like how I was trying to shoehorn John Marino in last year.
1: Yeah. I have a feeling John Marino is not even going to be close to making this team. (laughs) He had a down season.
0: It really hurt his chances. Mm Mm-hmm
1: so i do want to ask one more quick question we won't dwell on this question too much before we head to a break but is there any chance that mike sullivan calls the number 81 phil kessel to play for team usa this year absolutely
0: i believe so <laughs> you think? i don't know why he wouldn't phil had a pretty good season just, despite being on in phoenix last year uh we know, again, it's a guy that he's seen before. We know what he can do. We've He's sat behind the bench and watched Kessel win two Cups. Um, I think there's a possibility because, again, look at this, I'm looking at some of these players like, yeah, they're great players and deserving of a spot, but I think I'd put Kessel in over Max Pacioretty. Max Pacioretty is not Canadian? Huh, I thought he was just because he was captain montreal right
1: well that's true that that always (laughs) i thought he
0: was too for a long time i i I understand that but um at least in this thing i'm looking at he's projected as like a third line right winger but again that's mostly because they're trying to stick the kachucks on the same line which please and thank you (laughs) we all want that um, that'll be one exciting part about the Olympics is watching the Kachucks, A, on the same team and B, possibly on the same line. Mike Sullivan, if you're listening, do us all a favor. You know what to do. <laughs> and somehow bring Keith back to play center.
1: <laughs> yeah, a full on Kachuk line. That would be. <laughs> that's more something that we would see at an all star game than an Olympics. But alumni event, that's what it is. And I really think that, regardless, it's going to be one heck of a tournament. There's some really, really good teams. I think all of the big five have an outside chance. I think Team Canada obviously is far and away the favorite for yeah. for good reason as well. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe we see Marc-Andre Fleury as the starter for Team Canada. Oh,
0: yeah. Canada's goaltending situation is weird because Bennington's kind of not falling off but isn't as good anymore. Carter Hart has fallen off.
1: Carey Price is probably still an option. Carey Price is still an option. So, I mean... Obviously in due time, we'll be able to talk about full rosters because it is only September and I'm sure around December, we're going to be getting a lot of discussion about it because I think it was usually mid December that they announced the Olympic rosters. So we'll I have plenty it, of time yeah. to discuss.
0: I remember it being around Christmas break in 2014. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's probably around then.
1: So before we move on, I do want to quickly just mention the ice hockey final groups. Group a will be Canada, the United States, Germany, and the host country of China, which there is a little bit of controversy because China would probably get wiped off the face of the earth by those other three teams.
0: Dominic Cahoon, baby!
1: Dominic Cahoon, Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl. So, you know, Group Germany, B. Not a fighting chance, but they should be a fun team. Oh yeah, they're still going to produce, and they're going to be yeah. pretty good, because they were also pretty good in the 2018 Olympics. I understand there weren't mm. NHL teams there, but... But still. They were good. I mean, you add Tim Stutzla to that lineup as well, so he'll be pretty interesting to watch as well. Group B is the Olympic athletes of Russia, the Czech Republic, team Switzerland and Nico Hishir, and team Denmark as well. Oh, so man, if Russia has to run away with that, right? <laughs> I would imagine so, but the Czech Republic could always put up a fighting chance. Who's their goalie? The Czechs? Uh I don't know, it used to always be Jaroslav Halak, so uh that'll
0: be fun. Denmark's if If Frederick Anderson could turn into a brick wall,
1: Mm -hmm. uh, that could be interesting, but I expect Russia to run away with that. And Group C, obviously Finland and Sweden always in the same group, and they will add Team Slovakia and Team Latvia. So we'll see Teddy Bluger play against Kasperi Kapanen, and possibly also both of them have to play against Patrick Hornfist if he makes Team Sweden as well. So those are the... 2022 men's hockey final groups for the Beijing Olympics it was there's a lot to unpack about this but luckily we were able to just get in talk about it a little bit but let's get back to Penguins talk because they made some news as well we're going to take a quick break but when we return we'll talk about all the Penguins signings of this past week this is the Hockey Podcast Network your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. The Penguins made some headlines as Ron Hextall went out on the signing movement this week. Signing initially, goaltender Louis DeMing to a one-year league minimum deal worth $750,000. Louis DeMing, only 29 years old, but has only played 18 NHL games. In the past two seasons and in those games has garnered an 8.82 save percentage, a 3.77 goals allowed average, and this is the kicker, a negative 12.4 goals saved above average. Not great numbers for Louis Domingue, who played parts of last season, and by parts I mean barely any at all of last season with the Calgary Flames. Horwat, this is clearly just a depth signing, correct? Take those stats back one more year when he went 21 and
0: 5. Come on, give the man his respect.
1: Who did he go 21 and 5 with? So,
0: 21 and 5.
1: That, that's Tampa tail, Bay but... Lightning
0: as their backup. 21 and 5 as their backup? I don't know. The Penguins have, have some star power in front of him, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yes, it's a depth signing. It is, he is the third string goalie. He's going to start in Wilkes-Barre. We know this. It's just give the man his respect. Don't stop after two seasons.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's a what have you done? for me lately league and the fact that the guy only played what one game last season i didn't even see how many he played last season I thought it was a couple i mean but we're gonna see the same thing with the other two guys they signed it's a really where are they at now because they have not played a lot of hockey in the past two years yeah no absolutely i think louis
0: deming is a perfect third uh third string situation anyway because he's better than legacy i think and legacy came in here and was perfect well so- in one game yes <laughs> exactly. What's the over-under on, what, three games that uh, Doming plays this season,
1: maybe? Three? I mean, I, it's I all say. dependent on, knock on wood, on health of the goaltenders, because I know people are not happy with the goaltending situation, but we cannot we cannot deal with injuries. This helps the depth a little bit with Louis yeah. Domingue, somebody that has NHL experience, who has had the opportunity to go 21-5 and five playing yeah. on an extremely, extremely talented team. Tampa Bay Lightning team, if we all remember, that was the Tampa Bay Lightning team that broke records. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, it's not an awful signing when it comes to depth. I know a lot of people were looking for somebody to push Tristan Jari. Louis DeMing not that guy. If anything, Louis DeMing might push Casey DeSmith to be a better backup, but he's not going to push Tristan Jari to be a better starter.
0: You're probably right about that, absolutely. But I'm just trying to remember. I mean, 21-5, and 5, that's at least 26 games for a backup goalie. That's a lot. Did Vasilevsky get hurt at all that year?
1: I'm not sure. I don't remember about Vasilevsky's injury. No, I No, he believe... played 53. He played 53 games that year. Yeah, I was about so. to say, I believe he still played a lot of games. Yeah, it's...
0: But 21-5 and 5 is still... I think, yeah, we're going to hold on to 21-5 for a little bit in this conversation, but... Still, as it, regardless of the team in front of you, um, you s- you're still the one stopping pucks. Well, yeah, I think that says something. And sure, uh, yeah, sure, he went 21 5 with a 908 save percentage. <laughs> Again, what team did he have? Yeah, so that's kind of the proof of, yeah, he just had his players scoring in front of him, but that's and a grand- one of the best defensive
1: cores in the league.
0: Yeah, but that's a grand fear effect. That's true. That's Grant Fear. Grant Fear is a Hall of Famer. He went out there and said, I'll give up five. You guys go get six. I'll stop at five. Don't worry. And sure, again, maybe we're talking a little deeply. Yeah. Bring up Grant Fear (laughs) when we're talking about a third-string goalie who's going to be here for a season, maybe play three games. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's still just, you know, the first news we've had in a while. And I think I'm all about it. I like Louis Domingue, too. And more than just – the fact that he went 21 and five with a great team that he has really been working his way around to try and get his opportunities. And it's a damn shame. His cookbook never got off the ground.
1: <laughs> that That's true. I mean, maybe this year, if he's able to win three games, the people of Pittsburgh and penguins fans are very gracious to anybody who wins them hockey games. I mean, look at how, much they loved maxime Legasse and he only played in one game and beat one of the worst teams in the league yeah he it shut him out play in the playoffs man but exactly so if he can come in and become a cult hero maybe who knows his cookbook will get off the ground here maybe nah, just something that's sold down in the strip district
0: <laughs> something more than nothing i just think it's fun to have it's good to have a third string goalie like him in. Mm-hmm. we can have some faith in him he's got he had way he's got way more nhl experience than uh legacy did and oh yeah last and then the season before was a Murray Jari situation so yeah it's he's got he's got a quite a lot of NHL experience for a third string goalie in our system so it's something to know we can fall back on it mm-hmm. it's a good signing it's for a year also it's calm down <laughs> let's it's in, me, it's, in, it's down.
1: injury insurance it, let's call it what it is it's injury insurance for the goaltender position because they were not quite ready to bring up a guy like Philip Lindbergh who will be splitting the net, most likely, with Louis Deming in Wilkes-Barre to start the season. But, I mean, Lindbergh's 22 years old. You don't want to have to throw him into the fire if there's an injury. And you definitely aren't bringing up a guy like Alex DeOreo, who's probably, once again, now because of these signings, going to get relegated back to Wheeling for, what, the seventh time in his career? In his three-year career, back to the
0: ECHL, riding that train.
1: But, I mean, regardless, it is a depth signing. I know a lot of people sarcastically, and me included sarcastically, were like, oh, here's the big goaltending news that we've been waiting for. But Louis Domingue seems like a very good character off the ice and seems like he can get the job done sometimes on the ice. It's just his past couple seasons and the sample size of those past couple seasons. The negative 12.4 goals saved above average is what gets me. That's just – those are ridiculously – ridiculously poor numbers, especially for a backup who doesn't have that many opportunities to get in there. So let's move on and talk about the signings that happened on Friday because the penguins kind of bolstered their training camp roster. Basically signing Brian Boyle and Matt Bartkowski to PTOs. Let's start with Matt Bartkowski, just because I feel like there's less to say about it. He played one game last year for the Minnesota wild. And other than that, he did play a couple more the season prior to that. But the only reason They brought in Matt Bartkowski is for exactly what we were discussing a couple of weeks ago. The right side of the Penguins defense in the third pairing role is a question mark. And this is all this is is competition for that right side. He's going to be pushing Chad Ruedel. He's going to be pushing Mark Friedman. Which of those guys can stand out? between those three if Bartkowski is that much better they'll extend him an offer and probably send a guy like Mark Friedman down through waivers and let him play in wilkes but I honestly do think this is just a veteran presence to help along a guy like Mark Friedman or even help along a guy like Chad Ruweedle and get them ready to play in that third pairing role on the right side
0: yeah Mount Lebanon native as well there you it's, go uh, it's it's an interesting one it's not a guy I thought we could bring in for this sort of situation but um I'm about it. It's Mm. because, you know, PTOs are never anything much. The last Penguins PTO, I vividly remember who, um, to the point where they made noise that I thought they should maybe try and make the team, was Sergei Gonchar before he finally retired and became coach. I can remember watching Gonchar score in a preseason game and thinking, why is he not on this team? Oh, yeah, he's 50. Um, (laughs) So I don't expect much to come from these PTOs. Maybe the Brian Boyle one, but we'll get to that. Um, But – Matt Bartkowski, yeah, nothing more than a little competition for the defenseman. I like it. He's local, and, you know, maybe he gets a job out of it somewhere. I don't know. He's got to impress enough. Um, He's 33, right? He's older. Uh, older.
1: Yes, I believe. He is 33, and Brian Boyle is 36.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, if at 33, you definitely, I, I would sure hope, I would assume, you have some hockey left to give. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, Sidney Crosby's thirty-four. I know that's not compared to uh, that's apples to oranges there, yeah. but
0: you could probably got something left to give in this um, in this tryout. I don't have too much to say on the, Bartos- on the Bartkowski thing, just because it's so
1: it's so not nothing, but it's so minuscule. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. I mean, it's a PTO. It's not even like they actually yeah. signed him to a contract. So it is a let's see if you're a better option than these guys. Oh, that's all it is. It's giving Mike Sullivan options for that third pairing right side decision and basically saying here's somebody else to test with mike matheson yeah that's D- fair does Barkowski play with mike matheson well <laughs> if he does we'll sign him to a league minimum contract and we'll put them together to try to just get the best out of Matheson. because let's all agree matheson yeah contract aside if he is playing his best that is a huge addition for the penguins if he's playing his worst, that is a huge detriment. But if he's playing his best, it's a huge addition, especially offensively. So the the hope is, especially because of the contract, that you get the best out of Mike Matheson. And if bringing in Matt Barkowski does that, then why not? Or at least giving him an opportunity to see who brings the best out of him. It's better to have three options to see who he plays better with than two options, especially when you're, you're really trying – to juice out every piece of potential out of Mike Matheson, especially if he has to play third pairing minutes.
0: So be it. It's something. Mm-hmm.
1: So let's move over and talk about Brian Boyle, who was basically the headliner of these two guys. Brian Boyle, obviously 36 years old, former Masterton award winner because of obviously his bout with cancer and his return from having cancer in the 2018, 19 season and putting together a pretty stellar season. In my opinion, obviously 18 goals, 24 points between both New Jersey and Nashville. Part of that 2018-19 season was the hat trick he scored against the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh. So they're hoping to get a little bit more of that, but let's all be serious here. They're not bringing Brian Boyle in. If anything, it's it's not for his offensive prowess. And no. honestly, it is a PTO. Let's not take it too seriously. There's an opportunity that he doesn't even sniff the main roster. But even if you look at the last season that he did play in 2019-20, he had six goals and 15 points in 39 games played. That's pretty decent offensive production for Boyle. And he did that with the Florida Panthers. And then he he moved on to not play any games in 2020 and 21. So yeah, giving him an opportunity. What's the worst that can happen? You know Evgeny Malkin's probably not going to be ready for the start of the regular season. So your center depth goes Sidney Crosby, Jeff Carter, Teddy Bluger, And then Brian Boyle. That's not something that I would dislike. The guy has an offensive touch. He's a bigger guy, a chippier guy. And it uh, helps you avoid putting a guy like Evan Rodriguez or Sam Lafferty as your fourth line center to start the season. I don't see this as an issue at all. In fact, I see this as a pretty shrewd move by Hextall. And this one had Brian Burke's fingerprints all over it.
0: Oh, absolutely. First of all, 805 games of NHL experience should speak for itself right away. Even some of the best players don't hit 800. Um, You also forgot to mention that the hat trick was on Hockey Fights Cancer Night. That's true. That was just, it was all an incredible moment. Also, Brian Boyle plays phenomenally against the Penguins. Phenomenally. Usually, yeah. Why not give him a shot with the team now, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I was looking at his splits, and if I can quickly get them back up, he's got 19... 17 points against the penguins in his career the only other team he has 17 points against is the washington capitals so <laughs> not only is he a good player against the penguins he can be a good player with the penguins and help the rivalry out this is working out perfectly i love this signing now even though it's just a pto it's all coming up millhouse it is um <laughs> it's nine goals and eight assists against washington and that's identical nine nine eight seventeen against pittsburgh so this it's i get that it's very possible he doesn't make it because yeah. of age size maybe he just can't cut it anymore it's been a while since he's played but give the man his shot because he would be a great fourth line center for this team that mm-hmm. you know burke and hextall want to build with quote-unquote truculence if you will and standing at six foot six 245 pounds He's a damn unit. Mm-hmm. He's a unit that is not afraid to fight also, despite his age. um, Sure, he's got, you know, the finger. it's the fingerprints of Brian Boyle all over it. Or Brian Boyle. Uh,
1: Brian Burke. Brian Burke. Another BB. But who, yeah, but who
0: cares? I think if he can still cut it, he can cut it on this team. It would only be part-time, I feel like, because once Malk comes back, he fill out the center depth
1: again, and it's mm-hmm. – I mean, if he's, he's playing th- well enough, I'm sure he could play on the wing for the fourth line
0: yeah uh yeah because we're kind of thin in the forward position it at the professional level this year it seems so far but he's an addition that i think if he plays well in pt on his pto i don't see why he couldn't be offered a shot with this team like i said it might just be part time maybe once malkin comes back and he's a healthy scratch and comes in and covers for other injuries um Maybe it's a two-way contract he gets. Maybe he gets to goes gets to go and play in Wilkes-Barre. It's something fun. I don't hate. I just don't hate this decision. I think it's it's a it's it's a win-win too because it is just a PTO. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make it no harm, no foul. He was just here to practice. If he does make it, cool. Let's now he's got to produce. He's in the lineup somehow. I think it could be fun, and he's he fills all of the boxes that um, Burke and Hextall wanted to wanted to do this offseason he's big he's tough and he's got grit sure he can't maybe doesn't score enough sure maybe he's slow but again 805 nhl games Mm -hmm. 805 more than i've ever played
1: that well yes and you mentioned it perfectly It's, it's a low risk signing because absolutely it's just a pto and if he plays well then yeah he's a guy that'll help you with your center depth at the beginning of the season and and look at it this way he might not have tremendous scoring touch. He might not be lighting the lamp every single night, but he had just as many goals last year when he didn't play as Sam Lafferty who played 34 games. So (laughs) it's a better option when it comes to depth scoring. (laughs) Absolutely. It it, it really is. And I want him
0: in my lineup over Sam Lafferty because you mentioned guys that might have to play center. If we don't, you know, pick someone up like Brian Boyle, it would go Crosby Carter. You're immediately. I'm a little shaken because Carter's great, but not at second yet. Not at second at this age. Bluger, and then who? You said Rodriguez, Lafferty.
1: Uh, That's about it. I mean, do you want to pull up a minor leaguer? I don't think so. If, if Philip Hollander is ready, do you really want him to be a fourth-line center? I don't I don't. Mm, I don't. Or think. you can put him in third-line center and put Bluger at fourth-line center and let him, you know, let Bluger... Play in his natural role, but I mean, realistically, Anthony, do you want to take the bet that Hollander is going to be ready or do you want to take the bet that Sam Lafferty is going to be able to be that guy? Brian Boyle, again, similar to Matt Barkowski, similar to Louis DeMing. That's all this week was, is damage control and depth control. Hell yeah. By Ron Hextall. And they're all pretty shrewd moves. I think Brian Boyle is probably the one player of the three here that's going to make the biggest difference. Possibly, especially because of the Evgeny Malkin injury. But I also think he's just the best player of the three of these guys. I mean, it's one forward, one defenseman, and one goaltender. So literally, depth at every position. And I I, I do think he is the best of all of these players. Obviously, he is the most recognizable name. But I also think he would be, if I remember correctly, he's a pretty good faceoff guy too. So he's probably going to be the one guy that makes the biggest difference of the three of these this season.
0: A, a career 50.3% face-off percentage, right where you want to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, in 800 games, that you can't really complain too much about that.
0: <laughs> Not at all.
1: So we're going to take another quick break, and then we'll finish off this episode with our weekly Pens Poll. We'll be right back.
0: Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team
1: in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. It is September 6th. We are only a few weeks away from the start of NHL training camps and the Pittsburgh Penguins have started to roll back in to the 412. So, exciting times around the Pittsburgh Penguins. We saw Last week, some more news come across the wire. Obviously, the Olympic news that we talked about in the first segment and then the three signings that the Penguins made throughout the week as well. But we had a pretty fun Pens poll for you guys last week as well. We asked, which of these players do you least want to see on Sidney Crosby's wing this season? Both of them have spent time in the past up there on the Penguins' first line. And you all responded, Evan Rodriguez is the guy you want to see least on Crosby's wing with 58% of the vote. Dom Simone with 42% of the vote. That's that was it. That was, that was the poll. Which one of these two would you least want to see? And Evan Rodriguez won that poll Horwat, Do you agree with our listeners?
0: Yeah, I agree with the people here Uh, because Dom Simone's been there before he's done that. Sure. He doesn't score, but he's not supposed to Jesse Marshall told us this. If you're a fan of Dom Simone, you're a fan of him not scoring because he just doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's at least been there before. He's at least, you know, a puck mover. Sure, Evan Rodriguez is two in his own right, but it's a, it's his his right is a little different. Mm-hmm. It's not as fun. It's different. I don't know how to put it with Evan Rodriguez. I just don't like him playing up there because he is a replacement-level player. Sure, Dom Simone is too, but like I said, he's been there. So I stick with the choice of... I don't want to see uh, good old E-Rod up there just because... You know, he's not that sort of player. He's not that, he's
1: not that guy. Mm -hmm. Dom Simone did find a little, it seemed like he fit in a little bit more on Crosby's line. I know, like you mentioned, he didn't score very much, but it seemed like he could keep up a little bit better than Evan Rodriguez did. And I also voted for Evan Rodriguez. I I would rather see Dom Simone. I'd rather see neither of them to be completely honest. And a lot of people actually commented that, can we just, can we just not see either of them? And, And hopefully that is the case. But if we had to pick between the two, I would rather see Dom Simone there for the main reason that I think Evan Rodriguez has a better chance of having success somewhere else in the lineup. If Dom Simone is not on the first line, I don't think he's in this lineup. And that's a weird thing to say, that he's either a first liner or a bust. But I think Evan Rodriguez in a depth role is much better than Dom Simone. So why move him into a role where he's not going to find success when you could have a piece of that plays pretty well depth wise. I mean, he had some good counting stats last year, what he wasn't with Sidney Crosby. And I think he's probably primed to do that once again, this year, playing on a show me contract, signing a one year deal with the Pittsburgh Penguins. It, it's kind of put up or shut up time for Evan Rodriguez. Are you an NHL regular or are you a guy that's going to be a healthy scratch and come up because of injury? This is really going to be a big year for him in deciding where his career goes. If he has a great career or a great season, excuse me, then this season could be the season that says, Hey, This guy's an NHL regular, or if he has another bad season, not that last year was necessarily bad, but if he has a bad season this year, it's just another thing towards, he's just a replacement player. He might be a healthy scratch guy to to bring to your lineup if there's an injury. So I think Rodriguez is better than Dom Simone in whole, but I would rather see Dom Simone on Crosby's wing. And again, with the caveat that I'd rather see neither of them play on that line. But if I had to, I'd rather see Dom Simone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think just the fact that he's been there, um, we still aren't exactly sure what Evan Rodriguez is, mm-hmm. other than maybe replacement level, uh, healthy scratch type. So, again, the neither is the correct answer, but mm. uh, that wasn't an option on my A or B test here, Mr. Yeah. Uh Thank you for that. But hey, I passed, I think.
1: Yeah, it's an opinion-paced question, but you were wrong. I'm just kidding. Damn it. We, we had the same answer. So if you were wrong, I was wrong. And I'm never wrong. Just kidding. Um, but the best there
0: was, the, no, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be.
1: Damn right. But I also think, I mean, look at recent Penguins acquisition, by Brian Boyle. Could Rodriguez play on the wing with Brian Boyle? That might produce something. That might produce something. I don't know. <laughs> Brian Boyle's a big guy, gets in front of the net. If Evan Rodriguez sends one of those sneaky floater shots that he seems to always score, Boyle so- could help more of those go in.
0: Sorry, I'm just picturing Boyle, Zahorna, and Rodriguez as the fourth line. And it's just two, and I'm just calling it two and a half men because <laughs> <laughs> that's two towers oh with
1: a with a kid. Or just I'm put wrong. Anthony Angel out there, and it's just three oh large human beings.
0: Talk about the skyline. <laughs> see now, now I want to see Boyle on this team. I'm loving it.
1: We'll see how all that shapes out, but that is going to do it for today's episode of the tip of the iceberg. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. We hope you enjoyed our discussions on the Olympics, our discussions on some of the penguins signings this past week. And guess what? We are just over a month away from regular season penguins hockey. We're less than a month away, only a couple weeks away from some preseason action. So we will get to see these guys back on the ice soon enough, but for right now that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you guys. On Thursday, you can follow us on Twitter at Nick horwat 41 and at nick underscore berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at iceberg podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at hockeypodnet or at the Hockey Podcast Network. Dot .com every team everywhere